no matter how much money you have, no matter how famous you are, being black in America is, is tough. There's some shit going on with black people right now. From news and politics. And over the middle, getting free. To sports and entertainment. Touchdown! We're going to tell you exactly how we feel about it. Have some fun, man! This is Young, Black, and Bothered. Hey, everybody. Um, this is Greg. We are back again for another episode. I think this would be episode 79 of whatever this is. Um, I'm joined by a special person, uh, a new co-host of mine for a new show. Mercedes, do you want to introduce yourself? Sure. Uh, my name is Mercedes. I am an educator. I live in New York City right now. Um, this is this will be my first time co-hosting an actual podcast. So I'm super excited to do this. That's good. It's good to actually have somebody that is level-headed that's actually into education. I think uh, the only other person mm-hmm. that's done this that I know is, is what, Q? And he's a teacher, but he teaches, like, younger education. So let the people know exactly, like, what do you teach? What's your profession? Okay, well, right now I te- I'm teaching kindergarten. So I've been in early childhood for roughly about three years um, in early childhood. I taught English overseas for a year. Um, I've had experience in middle school also um, as an education director for a program that was inside of the school. Um, so those are those are my five years like as lead, and then I've just dabbled in education prior to like while I was an undergrad and graduate program and stuff like that. Mm. Dang, that sounds more important than what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just work in, uh, basically I work at a law firm. So some people hate us, some people love us, but whatever. Um, so I guess we have to like lead with an introduction. Uh, we basically came up with this podcast, like on the cuff. We actually haven't even met yet. We're supposed to be meeting this week. Uh, so it's weird. Um, we've known each other, I guess, like online for the past, what, 10, maybe 11? 10 years, yeah. Uh, been a very long time. So we just like reconnected through Instagram. We were like, oh, well, I saw you at, done an episode with a friend of yours. And I was like, oh, great. Like, she seems like she would be a good co-host. She talks about things that actually matter. And, you know, you aren't just a self-proclaimed feminist, but you actually, like, you study it, you know it. Because yeah. Yeah, um, trust me, we've had people on the show who said that they were feminists and it was just more so things that they just wrote on Twitter that they had a thought of, but they didn't really know the definition of it and everything that comes with it. Um, and I've personally listened to a lot of podcasts, like shout out to like the black guy who tips. And there's a couple other like podcasts that are, you know, intersex when it comes to feminism and every other aspect of it. So I kind of get educated with that, but I wanted a more hands-on approach to it. So just following you for a while, I'm like, oh, great. Like she's really, really good at this. So I honestly don't think we have a name for the show. I think we thought it was going to be what media maintenance. Yeah. Media maintenance. Uh, we have a definition for it. Um, I don't know if you want to read it or if I, I can too. You can read it. Go ahead. Okay. So we came up with the idea of the sweet spot between high sedidity and uh, low maintenance. Media Maintenance is a podcast hosted by Mercedes and Greg, where each week we discuss personal goals and aspirations, the trials and tribulations that come with both, and then maintaining an overall better perspective on life. Uh mm-hmm. A little bit different from what you would get from Young Black and Bothered because usually our show is just, you know, news, sports, entertainment, and then we end the show with things that are bothering us that, you know, conclude the week. So if we had a really shitty week, it's like what's bothering us. And then if we had a really good week, it's what's blessing you. So 
that's just basically that aspect of that. But media maintenance will be completely different. It's all peace and positivity unless we have like a bad week and we're like, you know what? We just got to get some shit off our chest. Um, so um, I guess we have to actually talk about how we met since we haven't met yet. Um, so for everybody who's listening, um, I used to hit on her 10 years ago. <laughs> it, it was definitely weird. Um, and it, it's so weird that I went back on Facebook. I was like, I know I did something I wasn't supposed to do 10 years ago. And surely enough, I'm the only person that's tagged in one of her profiles. So I was you like, have to say what the picture is of. You have to say what the picture is of. Yeah, so it's a picture of her. She has on like a green like bathing suit. And I can't remember the caption, but I didn't care. I was like, okay, like I'm, I had a crush on her. So I was like, you know what? I'm tagging myself in it. And she hasn't untagged me, yet, which is really <laughs> So I was like, oh, so I was like, wait, she didn't untag it. She didn't remove the photo. So I was like, okay, maybe she might like me back or something, whatever. So that was 10 years ago. And we've talked every once in a while, but we've talked more recently because we're adults now. Like we've known each other since what, 20, what, 2009, <laughs> So things yeah. changed. She's gone overseas. She's done education over there. Honestly, I would have never came back to the United States, to be completely honest with you. So, the fact that we've known each other this long and we're actually getting to know each other, and you guys will probably notice the growth in the show just by us talking, will be a really good thing. So I want to say we met through this was maybe Facebook when people used to go out to nightclubs and they would tag photos of each other. And I was like, we had a bunch of mutual friends. I was like, who is she? So, I I guess is that what happened? Yeah. Um. So, you know, I I guess I added you as a friend from that. So I guess the rest is history from there. Interesting, but I feel like I feel like I've known you from like I don't know if it was from Twitter or if it was from MySpace. Like that's how I don't know how long ago it was. Well, I know on Twitter we followed each other as well, but I don't know if it was from Twitter or from Facebook because I mean I don't really have anything concrete from that long ago but i'll probably research that but yeah there was a lot of like you have we have to figure it out we will um we'll have a story i guess i'm sure you have more stories than i do because i've said some reckless shit when you know 2009 through 2000 what 12 but yeah I i was really i went through my whole phase i went through a lot of shit so we'll have to hear about your whole phase Oh, let's not. <laughs> let's not. Uh, we'll, we'll save that one for another episode. Uh, okay. Well, actually, if you want, we can talk about my whole phase. Why not? Um, we don't have anything else right now. Why not? Uh, so um, basically, like, I got out of a relationship in, like, 2008, the beginning of 2009. Mm-hmm. Uh, background on the story, and I actually found this out drunkenly because the ex at the time had um, messaged me on Instagram as well. I don't know what it is about people reconnecting through Instagram now. I guess, like, people kind of... Yeah, it's like Facebook isn't what it used to be. Like, now your grandmother's on there. You're like, I'm not on there anymore. So, <laughs> basically, she had told me that I had cheated on her. And I was like, did I? And she was like, yeah. I was like, no, I thought you... Did you remember? Uh, this, we recently talked about this, like, two or three weeks ago. And she told me, she was like, I thought you cheated on me. I was like, no, I thought you cheated on me. Because the guy that I thought she cheated on me with she's married to now and the person that she thought i cheated on her with was actually a close friend that died from cancer so yeah so it it was just a really weird dynamic we broke up i told her i was like we don't actually know if we broke up so i broke up with her through instagram officially (laughs) (laughs) i wasn't trying to be petty i was like hey we're gonna have to end this like i wasn't trying to be petty but i broke up with her on instagram okay so i mean shout out to her i ain't gonna ever say her name but i mean but um god that was Damn, we were together then, and I went through the whole phase of just doing stupid shit. 
going out to like DC nightlife and clubs and stuff like that, which have changed mm-hmm. the past like four or five years. And then obviously, yeah, somehow I ended up tagging you, you know, tagging myself on one of your photos. On- <laughs> and now here we are 10 years later. Exactly. On a podcast talking about just life and life, I guess. So I'm really intrigued about what made you move overseas and why you didn't stay. Wow. Okay. So um, I've always been the kind of person like I need to move around all the time. Like mm-hmm. even if it's just traveling or whatever, like I have a really difficult time staying still. Um, as I get older, it gets a little bit calmer. But I was in a space where I had just finished getting my master's, where I was finishing up my master's. And I just really wanted to change the scenery. At that point, I had been in New York for seven years or so. Mm-hmm. And I had only really known like being in school. So you figure I finished my master's at 24 from the time I was however old you are when you start school four or five yes. I've been in school for 20 years straight. So I just really wanted something different. So I had applied for a program to do um, teaching English in Spain, which was super exciting. Um, when I got there, I went through a lot of culture shock in a way mm-hmm. um be, like as expected but there were things that I didn't expect so there was this one time that I started crying because my host mom I stayed with a family and she told me that they don't eat cereal out of bowls and I was like what do you mean but Wait. it was just like just little because I was so prepared for all the big changes right like I speak Spanish so I was like okay there's going to be a language shift I was prepared for like an overabundance of white people I was prepared for mm-hmm. a lot of things but there were just little switches and changes that were so off to me um, that it kind of, I had like a month of rough uh, transitioning. I think what made me not want to stay is just, I just wanted to come home. Um, it's difficult to be in a place where I can be the only person of color operating an entire space. So even in my job, I was the only person of color. Um, I, again, I lived with a host family, so that dynamic was different. I had black friends there. Like I made all my girlfriends with black that I made there, but mm-hmm. it was just, I, I could just feel that that was just like a temporary shift for me, but I, I knew that I had to come back home and whatever betterments to myself occurred while I was there. Like I knew I had to bring those back home. Like that wasn't something for me to keep there, you know? So I actually, I actually came home early. Um, I was supposed to have stayed until June, but I came home like six weeks early. I came home at the end of April of mm-hmm. last year. Well, well, good to see you back. I was like, dang, like she's going to leave. She's going to end up finding some, you know, handsome guy that looks like a soccer player. She ain't going to never come back to DC or just anywhere in the States in general. And then you're like, no, I'm in New York. And I was like, wait, what? Like, when did this happen? Like she's been keeping really low on Instagram and social media. Yeah. So nobody ever knows. This is like she'll show up on a photo in August and that's the last post you'll see. You're like, wait, like the last time she posted anything was in August. So I guess you'll yeah. never know. Uh, let me see. Yeah. So, so actually what made you do a podcast or what made you want to do a podcast? Um, I feel like I just have a lot of things to say. I feel like people learn through conversations with other people. I, I think different perspectives are important. And even myself, when I listen to podcasts from other people, either like-minded or completely opposite personality, completely different mindset, I feel like I take away more from those conversations with those people than I would if I was just stuck in my own ways about them and I don't have to receive them. Um, But I think just people having conversations about difficult topics, I think that's my favorite thing to talk about. Mm -hmm. Um, Shit that people don't ever want to talk about. I think that's how people grow. 
Yeah. Life. I absolutely agree. Um, for me, I told you I listened to like 20 or 30 hours a week of like podcasts. I know. Um, for me, it started because I hated listening to music now. Like all the new mo- what? music. Not like a lot of music that I was listening to at the time. It was just bad. So I was like, I don't really want to deal with this. Like Jay-Z, you know, the same dude who made me retire all my throwback jerseys. Now he's talking about like, you know, now you got to act grown. I was like, no, I want to be a hoe. Like what's going on? That, that was- <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I had to go and transition out of music and I wanted to actually learn a little bit more because I felt like I was in that bubble of like mm-hmm. how it is when you live in DC. It's like, okay, you know, everything else is going on around you, but being from here, raised here and still here to this day, it's like, there's nothing else for me that I could learn. I kind of like eclipsed mm-hmm. everything. And then I had mm-hmm. my friends who, you know, were starting to have children and having families. And then me and like my relationship was going good. Well, it is going good, whatever you want to call it. And then I was like, I wanted something where I could like voice my opinion and actually get a perspective just like you. So mm-hmm. I would listen to podcasts. I'm like, okay, I'm getting ideas and I have ideas of my own. So I was like, let me just start a podcast. So we had a group me group at the time and it was basically on its last legs. And I was like, you know what? This group's about to end. Why don't I ask people if they want to do a podcast because we're giving all this good game for free and we're talking about it every day. Why don't we put it out there so people can listen? And then I found out about sponsorships and ads and merchandise. I was like, wait, so I can make money from this? Like, you know, so you figure like for me, like, how can I put it? Like, 10 years ago when we met at the time, Soldier Boy was famous. You know, the people getting famous off of social media, you know, right. uh, the Twitters of the world, um, MySpace and all that mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So now I was like, oh, great. Let me just make money how I can, which is podcasting. And we're doing pretty good for the most part. We have merchandise. We have advertisement sponsors. I was like, oh, great. So anybody who wants to be a part of the show or on the network they can, but I'd much more rather be people who are genuine about it and feel like they can contribute more than just a few ha-has. So right. then when you and I talked about it, I was like, oh yeah, she's perfect. That and the fact that, you know, you have every type of like asset that I think a good co-host has, which is conversation, history, education, and then you're funny for the most part. So I'm funny. I am funny. Yeah. I haven't heard you curse yet, but I'm waiting for it. It's, 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 yeah. I just cursed what I was talking. What do you mean? You have a discreet way of cursing, so let's just call Okay. It. Okay. <laughs> so, um, one of my listeners asked, what is the goal and message that you are trying to personally get off with mm-hmm. the podcast? Oh, that's interesting. Um, I feel like a goal and message I think I want to get out is just for people to listen to other people. Like kind of like what I was just saying, like I think the more you have conversations with people, the more you're willing to grow. And if you are open-minded, I think some people just don't want to hear what they don't know about. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's easy to keep one perspective. So I feel like if you open your perspective, I feel like you, your whole life can change. Okay. I should I completely agree. I'm going to actually learn from you from a lot of things because I just feel like I feel that way because, you know, having the show with the guys, we like mm-hmm. I know we say a lot of like misogynistic things and I'm not apologizing for because we're ignorant. Like sometimes we get drunk, we smoke a little bit and then we say things on the mic. Yes. Yeah. I mean, it's just kicking it with the guys. You'll probably be there for an episode where you can like hear them and then it's like. No, you're actually wrong about that. We have a guy who calls himself the ally. And I keep telling him, I was like, you you make that a thing. Like the ally thing for him is fun. 
Like he likes being able to be called an ally. I'm like, I don't know if that's actually the way. Some of that is pandering, but you know, whatever. Well, I, I get a kick of it because I'm like, <laughs> I've heard other shows and they hate the term ally. So yeah. I'm sure there'll be an episode where you and I talk about that exclusively because, yeah, you know, how can I, I'm trying to remember the actual episode, but the gist of it was the woman on the show was saying that there are a lot of men who classify themselves as allies, but they put themselves first before they actually speak on, you know, women and feminism. They're like, oh, well, I'm the guy. So I'm like the superhero who came in to save you. And it's not just white saviors, it's black saviors too, if you want to call yeah. it. Yeah. It's just like that male, it's the male, like the damsel in distress kind of, I came mm-hmm. to save you bullshit. Yeah. Oh yeah. See, this we just came up with the whole second episode. Look at that. <laughs> Uh, so I guess we can start like shooting the shit. So what did you actually get into this weekend? What did I get into this weekend? I went out last night. Um, went out last night <laughs> and <laughs> um, I went to yesterday to the Museum of Illusions with one of my friends. Actually, I met her in Spain and mm-hmm. she lives in Connecticut, um, but she has family in New York. So she was here um, yesterday. We went to the Museum of Illusions, which was actually a museum that only is as successful as it is because people are obsessed with their phones. Mm-hmm. Like the museums don't work. The illusions don't work in real life. They only work in pictures. Wow. So, right. So it was really crazy to see because I'm like, this entire museum is standing. And there was like a line outside. It was packed inside just because people are trying to flick it up for the gram, um, which was, which is, I'm still processing that. Um, I'm still processing the fact that People can be successful literally just because people are obsessed with their phones. Mm. Um, and then Friday night, I didn't do anything. I just kind of rested. during After a week of teaching and talking to people's kids all week, I don't want to talk to nobody. Mm. Now, as an educator, and I know you can say this without saying names. Yeah. What is the worst? Well, who is the worst kid and who is the worst parent? Just give a oh story. My God. <laughs> <laughs> give, give a story of... Um, my worst, I think it depends on worst though capacity. So do you mean worst in terms of behavior or worst in terms of like academics? Because oh. my worst, my most behavioral kid is actually one of the smartest kids in my class. Oh, wow. Right. So I guess behaviorally it would be him. He's not bad. He just has a lot of, um, She's got a lot of anger. Mm-hmm. Um, so he actually used to be in a different classroom and they brought him to me because I get along with all the bad kids. So Wait, they brought get, him- hold on. You get along with all the bad kids? I get along with all the bad kids. Every job I've ever had, I get along with all the bad kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so they brought him to me. They brought him in my class. And uh, he's been pretty changed, but he, t- he tantrums a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, if he feels as though something is not... Like, he's really big on fairness. So he definitely tantrums. He talks okay. back to me all the time. He talks back to me all the time. Like <laughs> there was, there was one day I always play with my kids. So they were, they were reading a story. We we're doing something. And so I had some kids who were just like looking around or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you should be looking at my beautiful face. There's nothing in this <laughs> that you looking at my beautiful face. Yeah. And he was like, mm, it's not that beautiful. And I was like, <gasps> Oh, you want to kill him? Yo, I was like, you want to get stomped out? Because, like, <laughs> and I can do that. He was like, it's like, you know, it's about 30%. I'm like, you don't even know what a percent is. Go, go, go somewhere. Wow. 
what he said. Um, yeah, that's what he said. He's so rude, but I love him. He's one of my favorites, and I could. And then I just have kids who pretend like they don't know anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those kids get on my nerves more than behavioral smart kids do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is crazy. Like I went this. I'll tie it into like what I did this weekend. So. Okay. Friday, basically, I did absolutely nothing. Um, the in-law was in town, so like I spent some time with him at dinner, and then came here, and I was just like sitting on the couch. I got drunk and fell asleep with like a drink in my hand because I was texting you. <laughs> so it was that. And then Saturday, um, I had to go to work, so we have this big thing called cap season where I have yeah. to basically do overtime. So I was there from like noon to six o'clock, and I hated mm-hmm. being there, watching the tournament and everything. Mm-hmm. But right before that, I had gone to brunch with some family members. And mm-hmm. one of my family members has two small children. And one, they have a basically a son and a daughter. The daughter is like really smart, but the son is like a fucking genius. So he gets in trouble for reading. Like he doesn't want to do math. He doesn't want to like do anything else other than read and talk shit to the teacher. So he goes and... I guess what the what my cousin says is that she has a personal relationship with the teacher where she texts her all day. She talks yeah. to her all day because her son, I won't say his name, mm-hmm. literally has this like aspect where he's smarter than everyone else in the room, including yeah. the students and the teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, he gets in trouble for just being smart. And he doesn't know the difference in him being smarter than everyone else. He just knows that he's like, I'm smart and I'm going to show it all. And she goes into these conferences and she's not really happy about it. So she asked, she was like, so what do we do? And I was like, I don't know what to do. One, like her child is white. So there's that. And two, I'm like, I don't have any children. Me, I personally like, well, just, you know, tell them like, you know, they need a little bit more aspect of life. All she does is give them books. She doesn't have like television time, iPad time. I don't think Mm. he really hangs out with like his friends or aspects yeah yeah so he doesn't have a normal aspect outside of that he's already said that he's going to be an astronaut at 16 i've never heard of that in my life yeah so he's going to be smart and you know i don't know how that's going to work out but it just tied into your story of like yeah i feel like balance is super important with kids like they really need to be able to have that academic component but it's really not everything because the older you get, the more important social skills are. So like he could be brilliant, but then go in for a job interview and not know how mm-hmm. to talk to people. And he's not going to get that job because yeah. he doesn't have the interpersonal uh, credentials, you know? So. Yeah. And there's like a group me group also, like I, we'll probably reference group me groups a lot. Cause it's one for basically every single thing that's going on. If you're looking for, you know, Bible study, there's like a group me group. You're looking for a place to party. There's a group me group. Um, so I wanted to actually talk about this since you are an educator. So the whole situation that is going on with, um, what's the, um, Aunt Becky? We'll just call her that because. Yes. Uh, Lord yes, Lord. yes. So uh, I felt like we needed to talk about that as you being an educator. So the article came out this morning, actually, about the daughter of Lori Laughlin. That's her name, Lori Laughlin, right? So she blames her parents for destroying her career. Now, as you know, she's no longer at USC. She actually dropped out. So she dropped out. And now that she wants to focus on YouTube, she's had a lot of people basically slander her name as the result of her parents paying the $500,000. So she said that she would initially try to shrug it off as just a scandal. But then after a week passed that she felt as though she can't go back to her regular life. 
How do you have a regular life if you, one, you choose your social media life over your education? You already were saying that you were on the crew team and all that, and it didn't work out because your parents basically paid all that off. So, you know, I think that in life, I don't want to just say in education, but just in life, and this might sound bad, but I feel like a lot of white people have this like over entitlement. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I don't have to, for her, like her perspective could be like, I don't have to work hard in school because I could just be on YouTube. And like, it's almost as if she's deserved that. Exactly. But I feel like a lot of that problem is what came from this scandal with these, these parents paying this, um, like paying the schools under the table and stuff like that is because there's like this entitlement of like, I'm going to be in this school and I have the money to put my kid in school. It yeah. doesn't matter if they got a 800 on their SATs. It doesn't matter anything else. It's just, I'm entitled to be here. So however I can get there is what I'm going to do. Yeah. So I feel like that's her attitude as well. And it's weird though. Cause I was like, I've been researching it cause I have to do it for the other shows and everything. Yeah. Obviously ours too. And they were saying that not only was the parent, were the parents going and paying for the school itself, they were paying for them to get in. So the SAT, mm-hmm. everything, yeah. they were paying other people to take we're these. taking them. Yeah. Yeah, it's like damn. Like it must be nice to be white. Like that needs to be a segment. Like (laughs) it must be nice to be white. We could talk about it because I. It's just really just like I really just feel like a lot of it is just like an entitlement factor, Mm -hmm. and it's just mediocrity. But you like you have to be so mediocre to not put in the work and then still blame like you blame affirmative action or you blame XYZ for like students mm-hmm. of color. Those kids who like really work their ass off to get into Ivy Leagues mm-hmm. are not given that credit. But here you are just paying people off just to get into a school that, and even in that case, I shouldn't even really want to go to. Yeah. So, and um, I don't know if you know this, I went to Columbia. So like mm-hmm. I'm an Ivy League person. Mm-hmm. And um, while I was at Columbia, I was working with a teacher who basically so I was on Columbia on a scholarship and I was working with a teacher at the time who basically said that I was going, that I went to Columbia because I was black. Oh, wow. Really? And yeah. She, we were having a conversation and it's just when you, when you go to school for education, you get, um, you get placed with like a, a teacher in a school. So mm-hmm. for the semester, that's kind of like your, your go-to person. So mm-hmm. I was working underneath her and I was like her assistant teacher. And, um, we were just talking one day when my semester was ending. And so she goes, um, how did you get your scholarship at Columbia? And I was like, oh, and I really gave her the credentials. Like you have to have X, Y, Z and be interested in education for minority youth and all these things. And she was like this older white Jewish lady. Mm -hmm. And she was like, oh, because when I was in grad school, I couldn't get a scholarship because my skin was the wrong color. And I was like, wow. And I was like, I'm sorry. And I was like, no, there's white girls in my program. One of them is Jewish. Mm-hmm. Her last name is Jew. Like her, her name is Jewish as fuck. Like there's no way they didn't know. Yeah. Like Steinberg or something like her, that. Yeah. And I was like, her last name is Jewish as fuck. So it's clear that she's Jewish while she's applying. You also mm-hmm. have to like, you have to interview. They know she's white. And she was like, yeah, but all she had to say was that her grandmother came from the Dominican Republic and they would have gave it to her. Oh, wow. So she took I was like, holy shit, you're really subscribing to this. So I was like, fuck me then. Um, Right in front of my salad, though? (laughs) (laughs) I was so, I was furious because I'm like, you felt like your skin, you really have this animosity toward me 
because you feel like I'm only in this quote unquote elite institution mm. because I'm black or brown or however you perceive me. But then again, now on the flip side, you see how many parents are just paying schools off to let their kids in anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I get to work to get there. But that's really weird. Cause I mean, obviously, you know, like I'm in, in a interracial relationship. So it's mm-hmm. so like, what I see is the same thing as if like, oh, well, great. Like Greg is black. So he's excluded because he is black. Mm-hmm. And it's not that family. It's just more so what I see when I go certain places with them. It's like, oh, well, great. He's he's safe. He's fine. So when it comes to your teacher situation, it seems the same way. It's like, oh, well, great. Like she's saying she's here now. She's a part of Columbia. They don't see the race aspect of it. So they can go and improvise by using your color as a mm-hmm. point of conversation. Like, oh, great. Mm-hmm. Like you got here because of your color, but you're fine because you're here now. Now, hey. if you weren't here, then it would be a big fucking problem. Yeah, and I feel like there just has to be, I feel like in in, in spaces like that, like in particular spaces, Mm -hmm. I feel like people have this assumption that the people of color that are there are sellouts. Yeah. Um, And that I'm just going to go along with whatever you're saying. And then like, yeah, that's probably, no, like Mm -hmm. I'm not, I'm not the one for that. So it was, it's shocking, but I really do agree with you. It's, it's like, this is a you're safe now, so we can say whatever it was. But that's not that's not the case. Oh, that's because I don't have, I don't have those accomplishments, those accolades on my forehead. Yeah. Or like, if I have a kid who's black, mm-hmm. my accolades don't roll over to them. They don't automatically become safe. Their skin is going to be brown or black or whatever. Yeah, we're not like the Lori Laughlin's who we know that her daughter. If none of this would have ever come out, mm-hmm. her daughter's daughter would have ended up going to U.S. Yeah. Um, legacy and all that nonsense and money and yeah. now i'm gonna flip it just a bit because just today dr dre had come out and he had tweeted about the fact that his daughter had gotten in on her own with mm-hmm. nothing else um so i'm i'm obviously going through twitter because twitter likes to go and flip anything they basically <laughs> they do they everybody they we've canceled michael jackson we've canceled Tyrese, like oh, anybody who is just like of colors, like we just going to like do that. Now I have my own personal gripes against like Michael Jackson and the R. Kelly's of the world, but the Dr. Dre thing, it was kind of weird because someone tweeted like, Hey, he gave a $70 million donation to USC. So naturally his daughter is going to get in because of the donation. I was like, yeah, but she got in not because of that. She got in because of the grades. He made the donation six years ago. So he made the yeah. donations not even with the intent of her going to USC. Right. And this was, I guess, at the time where Apple had merged with Beats by Dre. Mm-hmm. He ended up going, and I got, I guess him and uh, Jimmy Iovine had gotten the, was it $3 billion that they had gotten? So they donated $70 million just to USC, obviously, because they're both from California. So mm-hmm. the person on Twitter was saying how bad this is. And, you know, Black people aren't exempt because I'm sure that they pay off. Just look at the NCAA tournament. Look at Zion. I was like, wow, like what? Um, That's definitely not how that works. Like mm-hmm. athletes don't get paid. But I mean, I see more Bud Light commercials during the NCAA tournament. So mm-hmm. I, I, it was just really weird. Obviously, you'll be able to tell me more about it being an educator. But it really took me aback that they tried to flip the whole Dr. Dre situation into his daughter didn't deserve because basically he had spent 70 million dollars on a building so i feel like people just want to look for reasons to be upset and i feel like people just want to look for reasons to invalidate somebody's work for Mm -hmm. however you spin it i feel like 
no matter who the person is, no matter what successes they have, however they got there, there's mm-hmm. always going to be somebody trying to debunk those things and yeah. say, but you only got X because of A, but that's not true. Yeah. You know? What do they call that? What? Cancel culture? So cancel culture. We have to, but I think that we have to cancel cancel culture to, an, ex- to. to an extent. Yeah. Um, because it's, I feel like you said, like R. Kelly's and stuff like that, they have to be canceled for me. Yeah. But there, but people have to learn. Like there are people who have to learn. Um, and you can't just be going around canceling everybody, I don't think. But the thing is, it, at least for me, and we talked about this on another show, was it's not like they're just canceling everyone. They've gotten their white actors out of the way. They've gotten away mm-hmm. with like, the white politicians that they were, you know, done with. And they feel as though they they are discarded. I'm waiting for them to find out something about Jordan Peele. That way they can say, oh no, Jordan Peele, he's canceled. He did something when he was 16 years old. He tweeted on, you know, 2011, like he hates white people, but he makes movies starring white people. <laughs> it's going to be one of those situations like, damn, like we, we're starting to get canceled for shit that's so like petty and trivial that there's no point. Obviously, like we know R. Kelly ain't shit. Michael Jackson's dead. We know, honestly, as the black, you know, us being black, yes. we know he yes. did these things. It's just more so, I don't want to say we accepted it, but it's, there's nothing that we can do to change it. Right. So things that come out, and you know, 10 years from now, another person comes out and says, oh, well, Michael Jackson did this to me when I was nine. It's like, okay, I appreciate you coming out and telling us, but it's more so, right. I mean, there's nothing we can do now. He can't go to jail. He, it's not like, it's not like an R. Kelly situation where he can reap his repercussions like, Michael Jackson is dead and there's nothing that we can do. We can sympathize or empathize with victims. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's not a situation where it can be probably justified in the way that they would have, I guess, wanted it to be. Yeah. Um, but some people, you know, I don't know. I was reading this. I was reading something about those guys that made that Finding Neverland documentary that mm-hmm. he had been trying to shop a book for a while. Yeah. Um, didn't get picked up. And then that's how the whole documentary series started. So I think that I always believe when people say that they have been sexually assaulted, et cetera, but I do feel like timing is also very important Yeah. of why and when people choose to say the things that they say for yeah. whatever reason, for negative or positive reasons. Yeah. And I'll piggyback off of what you said with that, because I'm going to pivot to like the Terry Cruises of the world. The, when you are siding with someone and they've said all the right things, they've done all the right things. And more importantly, that they are, right in their situation like mm-hmm. the whole terry cruz situation he was right in so he took that and then he just like escalated it to like the 10th power to the point where now you can't really trust what he says because he says mm-hmm. things and then he apologizes and then two days later it's the next thing so mm-hmm. i put him in that bucket of people that it's like when they say things i just wait three days because something else is going to happen so him amy schumer um was um i can't remember the other lady's name but basically like when people have lied enough and they try to like counter that with the truth a little bit, it's like you don't know what's the truth versus the lie. So Terry Crew, there. Um, the two guys from the Finding Neverland documentary, everybody says, oh, they said something eight years ago and then they changed their story. They went on the stand and they changed. I'm like, he said what he said. That's what he said. If he's telling me Michael Jackson touched him when he was 10, that's what he said. Exactly. There, there is no like, but you know, trying to justify it. He said what he said. Mm-hmm. Now, what I will say is if he comes back two years from now and he says, well, I was saying this because, you know, I felt a certain way about it, but it didn't happen that way. Then at that point, we can go and address it and say, well, wait, you on record have changed your mind multiple exactly. times. 
Exactly. Maybe it's just me being a guy. I see it a little bit differently when it comes to men because men do lie and they tend mm-hmm. to lie more than women. Mm-hmm. Obviously, a woman doing it, I'm like, okay, if a woman lies about it, I'm like, damn, I'm actually kind of upset she lied about it. But I mean, still, I was on her side. Mm-hmm. Then I'm more so like, well, damn, like you didn't have to lie about it, but you chose to. You chose to. So it's like you have everything on your side and you continue to lie. So. I guess that's an episode for a whole nother day. <laughs> yes, that, I could sit here and talk about that forever because it's when things like that, when sensitive topics like that come out and people start giving opinions, mm-hmm. even like people that we know personally in our personal life, mm-hmm. I feel like those those conversations affect the way that you see people. Mm-hmm. And even for me personally, the people's opinions on R. Kelly, on Michael Jackson, um, have just made me look at people a little sideways and mm-hmm. have to space out. Yeah. Because for me, I'm like, okay, so if that was me or if that was somebody else, you would react the same way. I see. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's see. Let's pivot from that. So I wanted to play a little bit of a game with you. Uh, but <laughs> I'll, I'll keep it brief for this game. Um, so we play a game called First 48. So okay. First 48, because, I mean, you're from Connecticut. Well, more so, like, you know. <sighs> wow. I'm, I'm, from, I'm from DMV. I would say I'm from Maryland because... I spent most of my life there. Well, as long as you don't say Virginia, because nobody... No, I'm from Maryland. I'm not from Virginia. Okay. Yeah. Like so, we're going with Maryland. Me. Okay. So, First 48 is a game where I basically read, like, the headline of the article, maybe a little bit of it to give some context, mm-hmm. and you guess the location, be it state. <laughs> okay. um, th- this one pisses a lot of, like, listeners off because they're like, damn, I didn't think that, like, that state would do that. Because everybody just thinks Florida is like the shit state. So I'll give you a list of like the states that are in the top. We have a ranking of all the like bad states. Jersey. Okay, speaking of really quick, I want to interject. Did you do that Florida man challenge where you're supposed to Google your name? Unfortunately. Unfortunately. What I was yours? Um, I have a few. Um, oh, you're special. Un- unfortunately, I am. Um, more recently, like... I guess what we'll do is while I'm reading the first article, I want you to look up yours and then I'll look up mine as I'm typing up the article. Okay. So the first article for first 48, a Kentucky governor admits to intentionally infecting his kids with chicken pox. Obviously. You tell me where it was. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's Kentucky. Like, <laughs> <laughs> but that's just some shit where I'm just like, yes, that yeah. sounds like some Kentucky shit. Exactly. Um, so a Fox News contributor says that America doesn't get enough credit for ending slavery. Yikes. That is definitely like a, like some Utah shit. Wow. Really? Shit, you might actually be right. Am I? I I believe you are right. You are right. You're one for one. Wow, look at that. That was a shot in the dark. So... Katie Pavlik argued against Elizabeth Warren's recent suggestion that the country needs to talk about its injustice of American slavery and the lasting impact it has on generations of black Americans. So she quotes, well, she says, end quote, they keep blaming America for the sin of slavery. But the truth is, throughout human history, slavery existed and America came along as the first country to end it within 150 years. And we get no credit for that to move forward and try to make good on that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I don't under, I mean I understand but I don't understand what's the point like 
I, <sighs> we still live repercussions of slavery. We have gotten nothing from it. But you want credit for endings. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I just... Okay. So, okay. so while, while you go and look up your Florida man, I'll I, show you real. Mm-hmm. So... Florida man was charged for sending pipe bombs to Democrats. And he's basically expected to plead guilty. So that was a story. So Um, Florida man was charged with sending pipe bombs to critics of President Donald Trump, including New Jersey Senator Cory Booker. So that's the first article. Okay. What year was that? That that was this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, Florida man receives $980,000 tax refund after reporting $18,497 in wages. Oh, Jesus. These are my type of Florida news. Florida man dies in Baldwin County crash. Florida man convicted of 2016 murder in a courtroom. Man arrested after hitting his girlfriend in the face with a burrito. (laughs) It seems like the first of the month is just when it's she- tough. You know, it's tough. People, people get their checks and start acting crazy. So, Florida man tries to run over son who wouldn't take a bath. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh no! I only have one. You only have one. I only have one. Mine is judge says Florida man can no longer order pizza because it says a Florida man flew too close to the sun and was banned from ordering pizza after making too many prank calls to restaurants. Jesus. So, <laughs> so we, we have to take and like reorder this list. So for us, I, I was trying to tell you the first like top five. So our top five like shit states or first 48 states, New Jersey is number one because nobody likes New Jersey. So New Jersey is just like the top of the list of like, why are we here? So okay. Jersey's number one. Number two is actually uh, Memphis, Tennessee. So okay. Tennessee, because it has the most, like the murder rate went from like Baltimore to Tennessee. So Tennessee is number two. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, Florida, just in general, as a state, we've been trying to cut that out for the past eight years and we can't. So we thought it was going to go underwater like California and it hasn't. So <laughs> Florida's number three. Number four is Iowa, because according to our show notes, everybody who wins the Powerball or the Mega Millions lives in Iowa. For real? Mm-hmm. And number five, ironically, in our list is South Carolina. So first 48 states. Okay. That's so interesting. I never, I have to pay more attention. Yeah, it, it, it's bad. So obviously, as an educator, I did have to give one more article. for this. Yes, please do. So college professor confesses to students that he watches child porn. Mm. I'll read the article for you if you want. Yeah, read some of it. So, a college professor stops in the middle of his macroeconomics lecture to confess to his students that he views child pornography, according to a new report. The 42-year-old instructor, whose name has not been released because he's white, um, started discussing his addiction out of the blue on December 3rd. The campus police reviewed the video of the lecture, which was reported and recorded on a thumb drive before contacting the Department of Homeland Security. About an hour and a half into the class, the professor ceases his discussion on the matter related to macroeconomics and begins talking to his students about taking a spiritual journey. Jesus Christ. Um, spiritual journey. Okay. That's some, that sounds like some Southern shit. 
Okay. So I think it's somewhere in the south. So I'm gonna just take a stab in the dark and just say like Alabama. Alabama. I'm sorry, this happened in Utah. What? (laughs) (laughs) That happened in Utah. Um, Wow, I wasn't going to guess the same state twice. Let me see. Let me see if I have another one for you. Okay. All right. So, half-nude man wearing underwear marked breathalyzer blow here. Arrested (laughs) DUI. Florida. <laughs> okay, you are you're two for three right now. Yeah, that just sounds like some Florida nonsense. <laughs> Let's see, man, seventy-one year old man accused of reportedly exposing himself at eateries and then placed on house arrest. Um, Jersey. Who Jersey? That's close. That is close. That was New York. You know, I thought I really thought New York, and I was like, nah, maybe not. That was, that was close. Let me see if I have any more. Um, uh, let's see. So, 28-year-old man caught having sex with a cow. Oklahoma. Oklahoma. I'm sorry you were two for four right now. That happened in South Texas. <laughs> really? Uh-huh. Surprising. Let's see. Um... So, a video shows a man trying to board a bus with an ATM machine. Oh, my God. That would have to be board a bus with an ATM machine. I'm going to pick one of the Carolinas. I'll just say, like, North Carolina. <sighs> that, no. was, that was New Jersey. <laughs> that was New Jersey? Uh-huh. That sounds like some New York shit. There was somebody who tried, who got on a subway with a beam, like a steel beam. Uh-huh. This another day. But yeah, that some shit that will happen up here. All right, so we got one more. Um, so okay, I'm losing more. I don't like this. I liked when I was winning the rest of it. <laughs> so a woman is handcuffed behind her back and apparently committed suicide by shooting herself through the face. You want to get the context of the article? Please. Okay. So a 19-year-old woman committed suicide by shooting herself through the mouth, despite having her hands handcuffed behind her back, according to the medical examiner. Sarah Wilson was a passenger in her boyfriend's car when they were pulled over by police in July of 2018. Officers arrested them both and then handcuffed her with their hands behind her back. Allegedly, she resisted, uh, she resisted arrest and then tried to flee, at which point the officers left to deal with the boyfriend. Then she allegedly took a gun out of the car and then shot herself. Virginia. You're not supposed to be looking these up. But I'm not looking it up. <laughs> this is this is Did Virginia. I get that right? This is Virginia. Three for five. Three for five. Just, See, look at you. You are already starting good. You're getting you're getting the hang of these games. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm not looking them up. I don't cheat. Okay. Well, we'll see. Um, I mean, anyway. Oh boy. See, I don't even know <laughs> what that meant, but I'm gonna just go with it. Oh boy. I go ahead. Think, I don't think we do you want more? I, I, I don't have, know. I thought you had another one. Okay. I mean I have more for no, you. It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. I'm what what'd you say? I'm three for five? What am I? Three for five. If you want Let's to leave, I'll retire on top. Let's just leave it at that. I mean I can give you one more. It'll, it'll be fine, easy. fine, fine. One more, one more, one more. All right. Let's see. I have to give you one that's like absolutely outrageous. Um no, I don't think that one will work. So, 
Man shoots himself in the head to see if there's a round in the chamber. Um. Here's a hint. It's not okay. cool. It's not. Yeah, I didn't think it was Florida. It's on the West Coast. Like Southern redneck intuition is tingling. No, 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 no. This is on the West. This is on the West. Okay, so you're giving me hints now. Yeah, I'll give you a hint for this one. Um, I'm not going to guess Utah. Oh. I'll give you a second guess. It's not Utah. Yeah, I know it's not Utah. That's what I'm saying. I'm not going to guess Utah. Um, What else is that? I don't know. West Montana. Is Montana in the West? Is it in Montana? Does anybody go? Is Montana? Go to Montana. I don't know. That's like the Dakotas. But one of my coworkers lived there, and I was like, "You lived in a Dakota for what? Why? For what? Why are we here? Oh, I'm. Uh, I'm sorry. That is not a good guess. That was actually in Arizona. Arizona. Yeah. I would have yeah. never guessed Arizona. Yeah. I was guessing. Yeah. So Michael Navage, forty, was arrested after police were called to his flat. And wait, what? Oh, hold on, hold on. So he was arrested after police were called to his flat in Mesa, Arizona, following sounds of an animal in distress. Oh. Mm-hmm. He was arrested for trying to have sex with his cat. Oh my god. Um. Mm-hmm. He was white. Just, just in case you. Yeah, were. yeah, yeah. I didn't. I have no questions. I have to guess this one too. Um. I'm running out of states that I know the top of my head. Um, I, told you, I told you, but I even actually said it. Shit, I was listening too hard. Um, <laughs> can I have hints? Please have hints. Um, it's on the West, and they have a football team, and it's not anywhere in California it's or Texas. The, it's on the West, they have a football team? Seattle? Close, but no. One more I guess. Mean, city, but Washington. Um, you're really close. Uh, fuck, I don't know. What's next to see? I don't know. Just tell me. This happened in Arizona. Oh, you did just tell me that. <laughs> All right. Last one. This, is, this isn't really a guessing thing. I just I wanted to share this because it's really weird. So okay. there's a video that's going around Twitter right now of a woman who is licking a toilet seat on an airplane. I'm so sorry. What? <laughs> So the woman goes by the name on Twitter, Grimiest with two T's, and she's supposed okay. So on her Twitter account, she goes and posts a video of her licking a toilet seat on a plane. Nobody knows the reason why she did this, but she actually tweeted, I've licked a lot of toilet seats in my day, but this is the first one that made my tongue go numb. Oh, my God. Um, I'm supposed to guess where she's from. It doesn't say where she's from, but what it does say is she is an 18-year-old sex worker, and she spells sex, S-E-Z as in zebra, X. Yikes. She's from from Nevada. Is this in Vegas? Quite possibly. Yes. (laughs) Quite possibly. And then uh, she has more than 28,000 followers. In addition, she could be publications with, like, XXX content. So, she's... uh, Someone tweeted, your tongue has gone numb because you've contracted 1,200 diseases at the same time. <laughs> people, people are so stupid. I just want to know, like... People are so stupid. People are really going viral. Instead of having or getting an education, it's like, you know what? I can just go and lick a... Go toilet. viral, but that's the mentality. That is disgusting. 
that's the mentality. You do something outrageous. Mm-hmm. But like, how long does that shit really last, though? Like, how long does being famous on the internet really last you? Unless you can, like, genuinely monetize from it. It doesn't last you anything. Not long at all. So, I guess, saying that, we've we've actually pulled off a good show for the first episode. We talked for, like, 30, maybe 40 minutes. This is good. That's um, good. So, uh, I guess, how can we say it? So, we want to talk, I guess, like, other episodes. We want to talk about maintaining... Basically having everything be something about maintaining for the most part or trying to yeah. maintenance. So basically maintenance for your personal well-being. So we were going to talk about maintaining proper education, maintaining your sanity, maintaining friendships and relationships. That's a big one. I can't wait for that one. Uh, maintaining sexual appetites, maintaining your dignity and um, maintaining, you know, just life in general. So I guess that's what that's going to be. Um this is exciting. I'm super excited. Me too. So how do we close this? Do you have like any like positive things that you want to say or do you want to have, do you have a what's bothering us or what's bothering you that you want to talk about before we do like positivity? Let me see. Is there anything bothering me? I don't think there's anything bothering me this week. I feel like I'm in a super good headspace. Mm-hmm. Um, this past week was good. So I hope this next week is just as good as last one or even better. Oh, that's good. So no. So you have to close us out. So I introduced us. You have to close. Oh, I have to close us out. Okay. So am I supposed? To, I have to say thank you, right? Of course. Whatever you want to say. <laughs> your show. Um, so I want to thank you for listening to our first episode or our first show of um, media maintenance. So we are looking forward to doing this very often and just discussing maintaining various aspects of life. And do you have a social media you can drop so people can follow? Sure, them? my IG. I only have Instagram. My IG is uh, MercedesJ.A, so you can follow me on IG. Okay, so until when is the next time we'll probably record? We'll probably record another one just because. Like, why not? Why so not? I guess until then, hopefully you enjoyed this and follow us at Young Black Pod. Obviously, follow Mercedes at MercedesJA. And don't follow me on Instagram. You don't want that. (laughs) (laughs) So until we talk to you next, we'll see you. Thank you. Hey, do you have the Wi-Fi password? Common words everyone has said in an airport, coffee shop, or any public place with free internet. Don't fall victim to internet hackers while using free internet thanks to NordVPN. NordVPN is one of those services you tell yourself you don't need until it's too late. We've used the NordVPN to browse the web, check bank accounts, and even stream apps like Netflix. It's the only VPN service that lets you bypass ISPs, perfect for when your job has sites you frequent like Facebook is blocked. It's the best VPN service you can get for both price and performance. Install NordVPN on up to six devices, including your smartphone, tablet, and desktop, and experience the service for yourself. Start protecting yourself and your content with NordVPN by heading over to nordvpn.com forward slash YBAB at checkout and save 75% on your subscription.